0: now entering the horror center.
1: the Horror Sanctum. I'm Jay, along with John, Kellen, and TJ, and happy 4th of July tomorrow. Um, This week, we decided to take a break from our normal dungeons and graveyards and decided to head to the beautiful and peaceful beaches of Amity Island, Uh, but we did not come alone. Um, We are joined today by musician, composer, artist, writer, and fellow horror fan, Stephen Toby from the Nashville-based rock band, The Nearly Deads. Steven, welcome to
2: the show and surf's up. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely, yeah, I'm so excited.
1: I've known you for a while. Um, I've helped you book a few shows with The Nearly Deads, uh, including an uh, upcoming show that we'll discuss a little bit later. Um, but as we do with all our guests, we uh, ask that they pick a few movies that they would like to talk about and we pick one of those said films. Uh, time frame wise, Jaws worked out perfectly. So, we'll, we will be talking about the classic Jaws uh, from 1975, directed by Steven Spielberg. Maybe you've heard of it. Surely to God, you've heard of it. Even Kellen's seen it. So, you should have seen it too. Um, so, Jaws is the story of Marlin, who's a clownfish who's overly cautious of his son, Nemo. Uh, Nemo has a little fin uh he tries to get brave he swims too close to the surface
0: and- um uh jay jay yeah. that's the plot of finding nemo
1: oh shit i must have downloaded the
0: wrong movie <laughs> happens to the best of us um but yeah no anyway so what really happens is when the body of a young woman is found mangled on the shores of amity island police chief brody decides maybe we need to step out of the water till we know what's really happening. But with July 4th fast approaching for a town hungry for those sweet, sweet tourist dollars, Mayor Vaughn decides, eh, what's the worst that could happen? Well, literally everything after that is the worst that could happen. Anyway, to avoid further disaster, Chief Brody, with the help of marine biologist Hooper and life-hardened Captain Quint, they set out on a quest to capture the infamous Jaws. So, everybody should know this movie everybody should have seen this movie if you haven't seen this movie i don't know what you're doing with your life it's a summertime classic it's a horror classic it's one of steven spielberg's you know best movies from you know early in his career uh possibly one of his best movies of all time um the movie is almost i mean i'm not even gonna say almost this is a perfect film um the pacing the the action the speed at which things happen you would not realize that this is a two-hour movie until you look at the, yeah. t- the running time and realize this is a two-hour movie because everything happens and it's so well-spaced out. Um, there's not a lot of downtime in this movie. It keeps you from the opening five minutes till the very end, basically on the edge of your seat. Um, and I feel like I'm a little bit of an expert in this movie because I did read the book. <laughs> I don't know if oh, anyone else... Oh. Read Nerd the little alert. golden. Book need, like, a siren
1: for whatever you say. I read the book because <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, the ending it's of the drinking little golden game. book Jaws, yeah, it's a little different. <laughs>
3: that looks like one of those golden, like Disney books for the kids. It, that's
0: exactly what it is. It's a little golden book of Jaws. Oh, wow, wow. an I, official I, one. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. it does not end the same. So, <laughs> for anybody wondering, now the ending of this book is a lot different than the ending of the movie. Um, but it's one of those films i mean even you know everybody knows john williams is probably one of if not the most prolific you know cinematic composer in hollywood history um but jaws is is one of those exceptional pieces because it's so simple the the music there's not i mean yeah it builds and everything but just that mm, 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 i mean it just it's instantly recognizable, just like anything from any of the big franchises, You know, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future. You know, all of those movies that have these recognizable themes, as soon as you hear those two notes, you instantly know what it's referring to. Um, the acting in this movie is fantastic. Um, the characters that they have, the way they contrast each other. Um, it's just such a great film. It's so hard to even go through this movie and try to find something that's wrong with it i mean you you read the backstory and everything that went wrong in the making yeah. of this movie and then you see the finished product and you realize what a genius spielberg was as a director it still is uh, minus a couple of missteps <laughs> but yeah jaws is it, it, when i found out that we were going to be reviewing this one i was so excited just to watch it again that tells you how great of a movie it is because i've seen this movie several times and the thought of re-watching it sometimes we pick a movie and it's like huh I need to rewatch it just so I can refresh my memory on things. But this one was like, ooh, I get to rewatch Jaws. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to carry on since we have a guest. I'd love to hear what he has to say about it when we get to him. Um, But, yeah, Jaws, just a fantastic film. If you haven't watched it, go watch it twice. Yeah, you know, I
1: haven't – when I rewatched it this week, I can't remember the last time I watched it start to finish. Whenever it's on TV, I watch it naturally because it's there and you just kind of want to watch it. But I don't know the last time I actually watched it start to finish. Uh, and it just, you know, uh, kind of like when we did The Shiny, it just kind of reopened that love I had for the film. So uh, let's go to TJ next. TJ, tell us a little bit about what you thought about the shark movie.
3: Yeah, so Jaws is probably honestly one of my first forays into horror because it was a PG uh, horror film that come on TV all the time, and I remember watching it with my dad when I was probably like four years old. Um, I am not a swimmer. <laughs> when When they said, uh, yeah, when they said, uh, you know, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, I've never thought it was safe to go back in the water after watching this movie. <laughs> and, and for the, the longest time as a young kid, I remember that that uh, score, John Williams' score, that little two-note da 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 getting even choppier with that staccato, uh, very much mimicking uh, kind of the Bernard Herman psycho kind of thing of the shower scene of that. It's just on the kind of the lower end of the spectrum, and I think that was kind of. Once they realized the shark wouldn't work, basically, and that it took uh what was budgeted to be a two-month shoot to be an over five-month shoot for his only his second uh major motion picture that wasn't a made-for-tv movie. He he thought Steven Spielberg thought this movie was gonna be the movie that killed his career. But man, uh the gods of cinema were smiling down and and it just the the scrappiness of a, a young crew. Um some younger actors and mixed with some seasoned actors, Robert Shaw, Roy Scheider, uh Richard Dreyfus. This was his breakout role as Hooper. Uh, he almost didn't take this film, he almost took a film called Lucky Lady that nobody remembers now, but it was a Burt Reynolds movie. Um mm-hmm. and he thought um that was gonna be the thing instead of this thing. And actually No, actually, that was the movie Steven Spielberg uh, wanted to direct. He had an opportunity. He was already attached to that movie, too. Um, And the producer uh, on this film, basically, who was his mentor, forced him to take this film and said, no, uh, what, what you did basically with the movie Duel, which I think is still one of Steven Spielberg's best, simplest movies it was his first made for tv film in 1970 i think mm-hmm. um great film basically that film is jaws with a a big 18-wheeler truck truck <laughs> you know and uh, so they they already had kind of the format uh however that was not what this movie was intended to be uh, there's some great documentaries on youtube full length featured documentaries about jaws the legacy of jaws the making of jaws i've seen a couple of those i highly recommend uh uh checking those out because um so much good information it's hard to believe like like people our age don't don't ever know of a uh, of a life without jaws jaws was the first original summer blockbuster 48 years ago now Uh, two years before star Wars kind of made it a regular thing. This was the film that made people flock to theaters in the summertime and made the summertime blockbuster a real thing, but man, did it have to overcome so much in the production to do this? Originally they were, they were, had scripted and had storyboarded out. The shark was going to be this main feature thing. You're going to see a lot more of the shark, uh, but the the mechanics and stuff just weren't there. They had to they had to have a whole crew just to fix the shark all the time, and they had an island that 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 they made on a barge on because they actually did the the dumbass thing of of filming. <laughs> this was like the first major motion picture to film actually on the Atlantic Ocean, not on a not on a Hollywood set, not in a tank like you would do with green screens and stuff now. Like, I I don't think anybody would ever do this big of a production, uh, actually having to wait and they didn't have the technology to just take out the sailboats and stuff in the background and stuff. They had to literally wait until the whole horizon line made it look like they were out in the middle of nowhere. It's just, it's just wild, uh. But because the shark kept breaking down, they actually had to make that nuance thing that the the John Williams score helped to create that theme that it created for the shark. Uh, which I'll have a trivia note for what was the shark's name, because they had a name for him on set and they referred to him as a name. So that'll be later. Um, but they had to uh also in the way that they they shot in the filming, they they Created some rigs and stuff that had not been used before that they could uh kind of do like a steady cam type situation, but could go in and out of the water. And so um that was to basically do like what John Carpenter would do with the the shapes viewpoint, having the shark viewpoint. So the camera and the score basically took the, the part of of Jaws, the shark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think it made it such a better film because the suspense, like when, when you're seeing uh, from underneath the surface of the water, these people's feet just swimming and you're getting right up there to their toes, you know that's the shark. You know he's just right there about to take a bite out of them. They don't know. And that's that awesome Hitchcockian suspense thing. It's like... Showing with the camera, the audience, things that the characters don't know uh, is, is like that that Hitchcock recipe for suspense. So this, this is a film, and I hadn't actually watched this in a long time. I, I watched it a lot as a kid. I have the t-shirt I'm representing. But uh, I, I still think it's a top five Steven Spielberg film, probably not to get into ratings and stuff. Because it is the film that gave him a career, and is the reason he can still make movies now. And uh, it, it's it's just in the it's in the American zeitgeist of films. Like if you're going to study film, you got to watch Jaws. And and to Kellen's point, it's two hours four minutes long. Most films, especially suspense thriller summer type films, that go that long feel long. This feels like a ninety minute film, and that's just a testament to the editing and the pacing and the suspense building and the payoff, obviously, uh and the final scenes. So uh that's enough for me. What what'd you think, uh Jay?
1: So I'm I'm with you. Um well I think I'm with everybody, honestly. Um like I said, I haven't seen it start to finish all the way through. I, I probably saw this movie so many times as a kid because it's on TV and you of course your parents are always watching it. You pick it up. You know, it's just one of those things that you see. Um, after rewatching it, it doesn't feel like a you know two hour plus movie at all. I don't think um, the pacing is pretty solid. I can see how someone can come back and say it's a little slow. I'll give them that uh, to a degree, but but like you said, the end the payoff is so satisfying. Um, I think. Uh, Hooper is probably my favorite character besides Quint uh, in the film. They're both perfect. They're perfectly cast. Um, I couldn't even imagine. Can you imagine Richard Drive as if he didn't take that role? Like, just imagine how he would be today. Like, you want to talk <laughs> about some threats. Like, I couldn't even imagine. Um, I did love, like, you you hit on it, too, the Hitchcockian film style. Like, I love that because... You know, I I was always scared of the ocean. I was scared of lakes. Like I rather, almost rather get bit by a fish or a shark than a snake. To a degree, um, there's just that fear of the unknown that you can't see. That I don't like. Like even when we go on vacation now, I want to go somewhere around the Gulf mm. just because the water's clearer. But you can also see more there as well, so you can see all the fish, all the crabs, everything else, which is not any less scary, I don't think. Um, but I really do think it's one of those perfect films that it, it, you can re-watch it over and over again. You can watch it every 4th of July to help, help celebrate. Um, and it doesn't, nothing nothing's taken away. Like every time you watch it, I'm not saying, I'm not finding a flaw. I'm not finding something I wish they had done differently. I'm not bored. Like it just has that great rewatchability. And it's something that's very rare, especially from a movie, you know, from so you know, so long ago. Cause you, even the movies we, we watch like from the sixties, like sometimes they're really great, but they're slow. Do you want to watch them again? Like it kind of feels more like a chore. But when we're like, let's watch Jaws. It didn't feel like a chore at all. It's like, man. This just gives me an excuse to break it out, to break out the vinyl and listen to the the score, to break out my steelbook that I've never opened. Like, it just gives you that excuse and you get excited about it. So when we picked that, I was excited about it. Um, Definitely top 10 film for me, horror-wise. And that's saying a lot. And of course, that's a little recency bias watching it again. Um, Next week, I'll probably have another, you know, top 10. But overall, fantastic. I'm really glad we chose this one and it worked perfectly with the timing. Um, Stephen, our guest of honor, the one who picked Jaws. Tell us why this is a movie you picked and what you thought about it.
2: Okay. Um, well, I mean, any excuse to talk about Jaws, I'll take. But um, yeah, when you asked me if I wanted to go on the podcast and to kind of pick a favorite you know i i know it's a horror movie podcast and it's it's one of those things that like you know uh, all of us here would no question consider it a horror movie but it, i feel like joss is always kind of that like if you just talk to somebody on the street it's like is it horror is it not you know do people consider the creature feature or the the monster movie a quote-unquote horror movie um so at first you know I was thinking about other you know other films that fit the genre you know clearly clearly um but I can't remember if I asked if you considered this a horror movie or not but but when you said yeah in, when I pitched it to you I was excited because uh Jaws is my favorite movie of all time like I, I have such a hard time picking like when everybody's like what's your top five or your top 10 I love so many things and I'm such a fan of whether it's music film video games whatever I'm a fan of things so it's really hard to narrow things down for me but Jaws is just one of those it's just the easy yes this is my favorite movie of all time and over star wars over anything else that like i have star wars tattoos i'd pick jaws over star wars it's just it's a film it's hard to say anything else like you all have done so such a good job of uh talking up the film but yeah it's just like anytime it's on i can sit and watch it i'm not bored um i do think it's a perfect film as far as like what everybody's mentioned is you know, the the effects, the filming style, the, the narrative, the dialogue, the acting, uh, the scares uh, are all great. Um, and it, it's kind of one of those things that, like, it captured me as a kid because it was like, oh, it you know, it's a scary shark and oh, I'm seeing gore for the first time or whatever. But as I grown up to be adult and continue to watch it you're like no that it's like it's not just a grindhouse you know summer blockbuster horror film like the acting and everything like this is like top level stuff like the, the dialogue and listening to the conversations and how they react to each other it's like not that the the um script is like shakespearean or anything but it's just believable like you it's all very the things that they're saying there's like no wasted dialogue there's no like a cheesy you know kind of forced sounding conversations it it, if you believe in this world and everything everybody has to say everything they're doing in this world all makes sense and then yeah you have your characters who are very fleshed out and the actors portrayed them so well and yeah, you get scenes like when they're in the boat, you know, and he's talking about the secret mission and, you know, and they're comparing scars and that those kind of moments that are just like um, sort of heartfelt between characters that you don't normally see in like a, a horror film. Usually it glosses over all that for like the spooks. Um, But yeah, I think uh, who said earlier that it was like their first horror film it,
3: it, it was definitely one of my first for sure
2: yeah TJ you said that yeah f- for me as well like I I grew up like not being like my parents were very censored. they censored what I watched and I remember being in like middle school or getting close to high school and I just I really liked Sharks and I kind of like begged my dad and he's like you, you're you're not going to want to go to the beach, but, you know, and, and finally he let me watch it. We rented it and ordered pizza and watched it. And I immediately like fell in love with it. But it's funny because, you know, everybody always talked about like, Oh, I saw the movie. I never want to get in the ocean again. I remember, I think we watched it on like a Thursday and that weekend we went to the beach and I had no problem. Like I got out in the ocean and I swam in the ocean. Didn't think about it twice. It wasn't until like the next week that we were back home and I would wake up in the middle of the night with nightmares, but crazy nightmares that make absolutely no sense. Cause there was like a little pond behind my house. My, I remember distinctly my nightmares were like the pond flooded and somehow jaws was in the pond and, rode the flood crashing into my house is gonna kill me in my house and I had complete irrational fears about the movie but no fears about getting in the ocean and getting attacked by an actual shark a legitimate fear but but yeah um I've it's probably the movie I've seen the most um out of any movie and I had just watched it uh again a couple months ago and yeah, I mean, it, it's not much more to say. I love Steven Spielberg films. I think he just has like sort of a sense of adventure and like charm and his style of filming. Um, and then, yeah, I'm really into music and m- movie scores is what kind of got me to be a musician. And yeah, John Williams is, you know, top of the game up there. And yeah, I mean, he basically saved the film. If it wasn't for him, like you were mentioning earlier, all the issues that they had with the shark and it breaking down because it was in actual water and they, you know, had to cut all those scenes. It's like if he didn't have the score to back up the camera shots, you know, those shots wouldn't be scary. You you wouldn't be able to use them if it if he hadn't created a character within the music as well. Um, yeah,
3: it'd be like watching halloween without the classic theme and the score of carpenter
2: right yeah exactly it it did a lot to like carry the film um but yeah it's great
1: you you have a sci-fi original idea there with pond shark we can make that happen
2: we could Pond shark <laughs> i mean it's been every, funny they've been everywhere else ghost shark exists I
3: there's land know. shark <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i think we we saw too uh, uh the other night our their band does like a monthly stream and we were talking about something and and somebody was like oh why don't, why don't we do like space sharks or something and then i think somebody looked it up and i think there is actually there's movie. one in mars sharp, i think sharp side of the moon yeah yeah goodness. yeah yeah which is one when we, whenever we
1: eventually get back to our bucket of movies that is in there for us to watch wow. like mutated sharks i think uh they're like walk on their they have legs and arms and stuff uh, yeah, yeah so that, that old cartoon
3: the shark shark dudes
1: killer shark or what was it street oh the street sharks ben sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 diesel was in that commercial for street
3: mm-hmm. sharks back in the day oh really mm-hmm. Oh wow.
2: We were debating oh. though cuz like you're talking about them um, being on Mars or something we We're like oh, okay would it just be sharks on another planet or would it be like those um I can't think of the name but in Star Wars the clone wars there's like the the whales that ride oh, through yeah. like hyperspace oh. or whatever. Astro like, what yeah, like, sharks. That's the movie. Astro sharks swim in space, you know? Like yes. something like that. I love it. Yeah, great. So we right,
1: got John. ideas here. John, batting cleanup, technically,
4: at five. Um. Yeah, so interesting enough, you were talking about being scared of sharks. I, When I was a kid, I was really scared of sharks, not because of Jaws, but because of Thunderball, because in Thunderball with James Bond, there's a shark in the pool, and um, yeah. every every time I get in a pool, I'd always see, the, you know, the glass light. And I would think, oh God, it's going to open up and a shark's going to come through. This is the stuff that happens, I guess, when you're a 10 year old, right? Um, as far as the movie goes, I agree. It's to me, um, I'm going to make some bold statements here. Oh, is what it is. Um, it's the best horror film ever. Oh, wow. Uh, to me, it's so you, in the top Hot three. Take. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think for me, when it comes to the three best, it's as far as just the best films, horror films. It's The Exorcist, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's Jaws. And Over I think,
3: Halloween.
4: Yes, right. I, w- I would put Halloween like 4 right behind those. Um, and that's not to insult Halloween. It's just if you're looking end-to-end as the film as a whole. Um, I would even say that Jaws, honestly is probably the top five greatest films of all time i would say it's in the top five i mean you can make the argument for the other five but the reason i say that is just you know it's a horror film like you all alluded to there's suspense there's hitchcock but what's amazing about jaws is the characters the way the acting is the way you are invested in the people you know chief brody The minute you meet him, you you immediately empathize with him, right? Like, he's late to his job. He's having a long, hard day. You know, people are bugging him about stupid crap. He's got the fencing under his arm, you know. He's It's like you immediately, you're like, okay, this is me, right? I'm going to work. This guy's, he's like my guy, right? And just the way he is through the film, you know, he's terrified of water. He's terrified of the shark. He doesn't want to go out there. But somehow he's the guy that has to stop this damn thing because he's the only one left at the end to really do something about it um i just love that arc i love that it's him he's the guy that gets put there you know the fish out of the water literally um mayor vaughn being so to me mayor vaughn is the villain of the movie even though jaws is the villain mayor vaughn is really the guy who's the really the most sadistic just because him letting the everything go on, knowing that there's a shark in the water, letting people swim just because he was worried about Amityville tourism. Right. I mean, that's, you know, they even made memes about that during COVID, you know, uh, I think Jordan Peele did one where it was like, you know, the churches will be open Sunday. Right. Like it's like, it's iconic. Right. I mean, when he says, you know, the beaches will be open, you know, Um, and, you know, Quint, the great, I mean, there's the, there's the whole captain Ahab thing with him where, He's obsessed with the shark. He wants to kill the shark. He basically uses, you know, he, he lets it go to his head so badly that he basically sabotages the entire boat just because he wants to kill the shark, even though he knows he's doing the wrong thing. Um, and of course, you know, what happens to him later spoilers. Um, but I think in the end, it's a great film. Um, I definitely, it's my favorite horror film. Like I said, I think it's one of the greatest of all time, film-wise in general. Um, and I just think overall, it just, it works. There's really, you know, you guys were talking about their slow moments. Um, I could see that. I think, though, that everything really adds up in the film. It's a build. You know, you go along with Brody for the ride of the movie, and by the end of it, you're just like, holy shit, what else is going to happen, right? Um And I just, I love, you know, little things. Um, There's one one thing in particular I'll get into when we're talking about the deaths, but just the little touches, like even the theme, how the theme is slow, but it kind of builds and changes and builds and changes. And even like my favorite scene in the film is when it first reveals the shark, when he's throwing the chum in the water and he sees it and he just like backs up and, you know, he knows mm-hmm. at that point, he, like, pardon my French, he knows we're fucked. He's like, this is bad. But, like, they don't know. And it's like, that's just such a brilliant scene, the way they shot that. And even the way
1: he reacted to it, you know, like, yes. we saw that. We were like, oh, shit. But he was just like, and it, it, it's just like the shock on his face. Yes. Like, he had a cigarette in his mouth. He was like. You know that that was great acting
0: on his part. He's that. the only one that's really afraid too, because because yeah. Hooper wants to be there to 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 see it. He wants to study this shark, and mm-hmm. Quint obviously has an obsession with killing sharks. So he's the he's the only rational fear person <laughs> of the yeah. group. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and that's the classic. We're gonna need a bigger boat scene too, and yeah. also Spielberg. You're does, gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah, you're gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah, but Spielberg also does a Hitchcockian kind of focus pull with the camera to accentuate to Roy Scheider's Brody's character going backwards too, to kind of really highlight, oh, wow, he's making a major (laughs) uh, step back from this thing. This is a much bigger shark than what they were in for.
4: Yeah. And the shark itself is, the funny thing about the shark is the length I've done a lot of research into this because I'm really into sharks and I love the movie and like a lot of people, you kind of, you know, you go down the rabbit hole with these things. The length of the shark itself is not impossible. The over-exaggerated part is the width with the shark because it's almost like what they did was they took like a bait, a baby Megalodon and just made it like the length of a great white. So (laughs) it's not, I don't want to say that this is totally impossible, but the width is just kind of ridiculous,
2: right? Like it's well, they've they've stuff, actually you know. found great whites longer than the jaw shark. Yeah, um, yeah, well, uh, twenty five feet, on right? Shark wheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's twenty there's feet, uh, twenty five at least. Kinda... <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, and 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 I know we've been talking about whether or not it's a horror film or not. I think what makes this such an effective horror film is the fact that this is real i mean i know it's not real but you know in the realm of horror it's usually a supernatural being or somebody that's has supernatural abilities or strength or just doesn't feel like they would really exist this is real (laughs) i mean this is a real Mm. thing that could happen not necessarily all the stuff that happens but shark attacks do happen Mm -hmm. and they happen quick just like in the film so that's part of what makes it so terrifying is you could watch this movie and say oh, i could see that actually happen. right yeah. it's the one thing that i don't see sort of brought up
4: a lot anymore there's kind of an odd thing about the film i don't know if you guys have read about this but if are you familiar with the whole lady of the dunes theory with this movie um so basically in 1974 there was a, a lady her name was ruth marie terry She was a murder victim found around Martha's Vineyard, like badly murdered. And in the in the film Jaws, there's been all these web sleuths. And even Joe Hill, uh, Steven Spielberg's son or Steven, sorry, Steven Steven King's son, um, Mm -hmm. right, did some research (laughs) on it. And there's a scene where a lot of the people in the town of Amityville are in the middle of the town. And I think it's during the parade where they're all just kind of hanging out. And basically you see this girl with like a, like a bandana on it's like a red bandana. And they've done these like analysis of her body in the scene. And they think that that is the, they think that's the same girl, same girl, Ruth Marie Terry that died. Um, It's kind of creepy. There's been all these kind of things online about it. People have written articles about it. So yeah, look up lady of the dunes, kind of an interesting tie in to jaws, but yeah, that's my thoughts.
1: Cool. Um, before we get to our kills, TJ and do your trivia question and exclude anyone who googled it.
0: Said- <gasps> who would do such a thing immediately after he mentions that, that was going to be the <laughs> trivia <question. laughs>
3: Yes. Yeah, so during the production of Jaws, the whole the whole crew referred to Jaws by a name. What was Jaws's name?
4: I do know this, but I don't.
2: I'm embarrassed because I've not not only have I seen the movie like fifty times, but I've watched of, of the documentaries and I've seen it brought up many times. So I should remember. I feel like it was something very simple like Frank or Bill or something like that. Um, but I so can't close. remember. So close. Sure.
3: Very close. <laughs> close. Bruce.
0: Bruce, Bruce
2: the
3: shark. Bruce, Which, yeah,
2: if Bruce. you think
0: about the way we introed with Jay uh, mistakenly talking about Finding Nemo, there was a giant was like, white shark, shark in that
2: Nemo, movie. Bruce, yeah. Bruce, yeah. Oh, okay. That's funny. And they
1: also called it Flaws. I read that somewhere. <laughs> flaws. <That's
2: pretty>
1: funny. <laughs> it had so many flaws.
0: Very so, apropos.
1: Um. So, Bruce. What if it was just called Bruce? <laughs> you just saw that iconic cover and said,
2: <laughs> that will be something
1: <laughs> alright so let's uh, there weren't that many uh, but let's talk about our favorite kills of the flick um, I'll go first I think it was the second kill which was the kid because usually you don't kill kids in films it's frowned upon but when that happened that kind of showed us like anything's up for grabs here like anything can happen um, that that was probably my favorite kill
0: Kellen uh, the answer Quent and if anything else you're wrong I'm sorry <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why you hate children jay but <laughs> no it that's such a that's such an iconic scene that's probably the most intense moment in the movie aside from when uh, hooper's in the cage um, and the shark is just right there in his face literally um, but just the the foreshadowing that he does with his story not five minutes earlier um you know it's just like I said, it's one of the most iconic scenes in film. They they even made pop figures of that exact moment. So, I mean, I, I I know it's an obvious choice, it's an easy choice, but it's the right one. Yeah, TJ.
3: Well, I'm torn on this because I think the most frightening kill is the first kill. The the, the because night. you know it's 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 at night, it's girl's naked. You don't really get a sense of that but just just thinking being out there alone and you know the drunk guy that passed out on the beach he ain't helping her even though she's doing her blood curdling screams and cries you know he's just out
2: yeah um he passed out yeah
3: yeah and just the the and you don't ever see the shark. They were literally tugging her with, with ropes one way or another. And you just get this herky-jerky motion of like, oh, it must be ripping. You you just have to assume in your mind's eye what's going on beneath the, the waves in the dark, you know, and then you see the blood. And then that last, that last uh, gasp where she goes up one at a time and then just down and never comes back. And then just mm-hmm. the water gets quiet, you know, it's just... I, I think cinematically that just really sets the scene that being the opening scene, like, Oh, what is this thing? Uh, I do like the Quint one too. It, it's honorable mention for me cause you actually do see the shark eat him and it's the goriest. Uh, but, but in terms of effectiveness for me, it's the first one. Steve.
2: Um, yeah, I think I'm there uh, with you, Jay. Cause um, yeah, I mean the quint is obviously the most iconic, and just like you know, as a kid, it's like oh gore, you know, and it's like they don't turn the camera; it's not implied. You literally watch him get chomped on. Uh, but I don't know, there was something about like the kid on the raft when you first hear it, and just how he pans back, and when you see the fins flip like he rolls in the water, it just. There's something very impactful about that. Like seeing it, that I think that for me as a kid, because the the girl at the beginning was creepy, and it's like, okay, this is going to be a creepy movie. But then when I see the kid, you see the fins flip in the water, and then the big splash, and the blood kind of shoots up in the air. You know, little Steve was like, oh, <laughs> they're they're doing this. This is this is going to be graphic, and it's <laughs> really like that's when I started to like grip the cushion on the seat, you know, and realize that I, I'm, I'm in for a ride here.
1: Yeah.
4: John. Uh, All good kills. I, I agree with everything you guys have said. Uh, Quint definitely for me, it's gotta be it. Just because I think just the idea of, you know, Quint doesn't want, he's so scared of being like a victim, like in the Indianapolis, like his, former, you know, uh, you know, military friends and everything. He doesn't want that to happen to him. But in a sense, it's like almost poetic. It's like exactly mm. what should happen to him, right? Like he's bitten and it's, it's so gruesome because you hear it, the crunch and it's like, what is that? Like they're biting mm-hmm. like a spleen. It's like, oh, it's awful. And I just like that scene is so good too, because right when it happens, like Brody sees it and he's just like, like he just turns away. He's like, oh, like, that's just so, even to this day, I watched, I can watch any horror movie, and I still watch that scene, and I just am like, that is brutal. So definitely Quint.
1: Awesome. All right, so uh, we'll move on to the ratings and then close up shop. Um, for me, this is another one that's God-tier like Halloween. Um, I mean, I don't think I could ever give it anything other than a five out of five. Kellen
0: so so you know i like to be conservative with my ratings to give room for you know better movies so uh, i think a solid three would be embarrassing because this is obviously a five-star movie so i think that's my first five
1: he's the smart ass of the group this is (laughs) (laughs) i think that's the
0: first five i've given but uh, it it goes with what john said this is Mm -hmm. this is not just a top an s-tier horror film this is an s-tier film I mean, this is this is upper echelon of cinema. Of cinema, this is you. You can't deny how great and impactful this movie was. So yeah, definitely five.
1: You didn't give hell. What would you give Link?
3: I think four and a half.
1: Four and a half. Okay, that's fair. All right, TJ.
3: Man, I'm I'm kind of going to do the inverse of Kellen, where I'm going to do the the four and a half. I mean, <laughs> I I'm really, I, I mean yeah i'm i'm almost right there it's just i think spielberg and his in his career and his oeuvre whatever you want to say he he does have for me uh, some better films but i mean for it to be wrong sometimes tj yeah <laughs> i mean four and a half and five you know it's all gonna probably round up i mean anyway, it's gonna
1: be a five anyways so i'm, I'm gonna go
3: four and a half because you know my my god tier doesn't have a lot there and i I've only given five stars to Halloween, and I rewatch Halloween like five to one in terms of watching Jaws. So,
2: yeah, all right, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, I I can't really say it's my favorite film of all time and not give it a five. though
4: so. correct, John. Uh, definitely five out of five. is perfect. Um, the only thing close Spielberg's ever done is uh, Schindler's List and Raiders of Lost Ark. That's it. I mean ET is great, but Razor Lost Ark is right behind me. This
0: is perfect. No love for Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park
1: is my favorite film. It's also good Like, do you consider it a horror movie or is it just, you know, like a sci-fi movie? But I still consider it still has horror elements, but I don't I wouldn't call it that first. But yeah, I love Jurassic Park. Yeah, I I put it it in
2: the sci fi horror.
1: Yeah, that T
3: Rex scene, you know, that's horrific.
1: Is cocaine bear horror?
0: Right, I guess so. I mean, yeah.
1: who knows? All right, so that that, that comes out to a four point nine. So guess what? We'll call that a five, TJ. So suck on that five. Anyway, hey, I, I'm i represent. <laughs> that's
3: a good All move. Right? <laughs> I'm representing too. Okay, right. right, so
1: um, that's going to be it for this episode. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to wherever you're listening to this podcast now. Uh, follow us on Instagram uh, and remember, starting July nineteenth. You can find us on Tingler Television every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on Roku. Uh, We do have ad spots available. If you want to jump on that, just shoot us, shoot any of us a message or shoot us a message on uh, Instagram and we can give you some more details on that. Uh, Stephen, thank you for joining us. Uh, You want to take a Mm -hmm. second to tell everybody where they can find you, your work, your band and all that fun stuff
2: sure uh yeah i play lead guitar in the nearly deads as jay mentioned and you can pretty much find us anywhere twitter and facebook at the nearly deads instagram at the nearly deads official um we got a dot com whatever spotify apple music itunes wherever you want it it's there um we're alternative rock uh and we're all um big pop culture enthusiast too. So, you know, you. we used to, uh, a lot of our old shirts, we had a Jaws shirt. We, we had a Jaws shirt. We had a Night of the Living Dead shirt. Um, a lot of zombie, like our first music video that broke out is a zombie video. Uh, we've done some post-apocalyptic stuff. So we like to play with pop culture and incorporate it into our brand and our music um so yeah if you like that kind of stuff check us out and uh, we have a brand new album coming out july 7th and uh jay was so kind to book our release show so that's going to be on the 13th um at the east side bowl and i think the doors open at 6 30 so if you find us online you'll find a link to get tickets you can make it out to that and we'll have the new album there and we'll be signing and just hanging out and having a good time. Um, other than that, yeah, I just, uh, just trying to do a lot of, a little bit of everything. Uh, I also, Jay promoted earlier back when I released it last year, I wrote a uh, psychological horror, uh, I guess you'd call it novella, longer, shorter than a novel, longer than a short story. Um, and you can find that on Amazon. It's called The Broken Man. And yeah, if you like stuff like Silent Hill, it's kind of in that vein.
1: Yeah, I, I bought it as soon as it came out. Um, I will admit I'm only halfway through it because I'm off with reading because I like to watch movies instead. Uh, but what I've read so far is fantastic. You can find it on Amazon. It's um, also an audio
2: book if you'd rather listen to it.
1: Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a huge music person. You guys who know me know I've, I've booked shows for years. Um, come out July 13th. That's a Thursday night. It's an East Side Bowl um it's 10 bucks to get in we got the nearly deads uh for their album release show uh hussy fit the first and uh sleeper signal uh, all playing. It's 10 bucks it's gonna be a good time east side bowl is a super cool place if you haven't been they have a restaurant they have bowling lanes they have arcades uh bar uh anything you can ask for uh, it's a great place and it's close to everything uh it's right on the cusp of madison used to be a Kmart, so um Come out to that show. If you come up to me at that show and say, Hey, I listened to your Jaws episode, I might give you a sticker or something special. Who knows? Uh, if I run out of stickers, <laughs> maybe a hug. High five. We'll see how it goes. Point is, come to the show. It's going to be great. Uh, the new tunes I've heard so far is great from Nearly Dads. Uh, great band, a lot of fun. Uh, it's been uh, one of the highlights of me doing the music stuff for as long as I have. So, um, all right, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, uh, signing off, I'm Jay uh, with. John, Kellen, TJ, and Stephen, And until next time,
3: keep it spooky.